Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Hey, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Come on, how's everyone doing today? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, do me a favor. Would you let the online audience know that we love them? Let them know we are honored that they're with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. We are honored that you are here. So uh, it's a privilege to have you a part of what we're doing here. I know you might not even be from California. Some of you are watching from other states, and I want to say thank you. From our hearts, Pastor Dan, Sister Ange, thank you for joining us every single week. You know, as, co- as crazy as COVID was, one great thing that came out of it is that our reach became bigger than just the Bay Area. People who couldn't come to the, to the San Jose or Milpitas campus, our reach became bigger. We, we, we're reaching people now maybe who moved out of state, people who were a part of the church but moved to another uh, you know, state or they moved out of the area. Now they're able to join in. So that's one great thing. There are some good things that came out of it. Amen? We, we, we can't always look at this. That's a, that's a place to get excited. We don't always have to look at it as something that in the negative form, God does amazing things. He makes all things, someone say all things, right? Makes all things work together for our good, amen? You know, as uh, before we get started, or I get started here, I just want to acknowledge the Rosalinds who are here, Joseph and Nelva, so good to have you guys back. Have you guys in the house today, also Pastor and his wife, Musika, thank you so much for being here with us as well. Good to have you all. Would you do me a favor if you would turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Today I'm going to speak on the topic of stopping short. Someone say stopping short. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, being confident of this. Being confident of this, the Apostle Paul says, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, you're good. I pray today, Father, that your word would change and challenge our hearts. And as a result of hearing it, let us never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Being confident of this. Paul is so sold on the concept that if God started something in you, those that are in line, if God started something in you, the Apostle Paul puts the word confident in there, meaning that he is absolutely 100% secure in the fact that if God started something in you, that he's going to bring it to completion. Isn't that great news this morning? If God starts something, God's going to bring it to completion. Being confident of this, that he who began, someone say began. You know, that means start, that God started something in all of us. We were all born with a purpose. We were all born with potential. We were all born with God doing something in our lives, meaning we have a purpose for being here on earth. God didn't, you didn't just show up as an accident, as an oops. Your parents might have said you might have been an oops or an accident, but God intended for you to be here. Meaning this, if he intended for you to be here, that means that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion that he who began 
a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. How many of you would agree this morning that God finishes what he starts? Come on, God finishes what he starts. God has never started a project that he did not intend to complete. All we have to do is look at the book of Genesis and read through that. When God started creation, he made sure that it was complete before mankind got here. God finishes what he starts. He's not someone who, like some of us, maybe you're like me at times. We're the just enough kind of a people. Anybody a just enough kind of a people that it works, it looks good enough, that must mean that it's done. Right? So you got jobs all over the place. How many of you guys start things you got like a million jobs started and none of them are completed. You're, you're what we would, um, what my wife would term or coin the term of uh, multitaskers. But what I'm looking for is multi-finishers. Right? We got a lot of people who start things, so you start a project here, you know, maybe you, you start folding the laundry, and then you look at the dishes in the, dish, in the sink, and so you start washing the dishes, and then you notice that the kids aren't done with their schoolwork, so you get to that, and by that time, it's time to look for what's going on with dinner, and so now you have unfinished laundry, you still got some dishes in the sink, the kids didn't finish their homework, and dinner's not quite yet done, and you look at the end of the day, and you say, what did I do throughout this whole day, because we have a lot of starters, but not a lot of finishers. We stop short of the victory. God never starts something without intending to finish it. You see, actually, before God sets his hands to anything, he has already observed the finished product. Before he starts anything, God's already seen the end from the beginning. Isaiah 46.10 says this, I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. God already sees you as complete. He sees a completed project. He sees the completed purpose in you, the completed marriage, the completed sobriety. God sees the finances completed. He sees a completed family. God sees the end from the beginning. He looks all the way at you when you before you came here. Tells Jeremiah. Before you were even born, I seen your life from start to finish, and I created you. Now it's your job to get to the finish line, but I'll start you. You see, God places it in each and every one of us, the ability. We are wired to win. We are wired to win, and somewhere along the way, we get our wires get all crossed up, and we stop short of the victory. We stop short of reaching what God has called us to do. Those online, some of us have stopped short. You've started school, but you haven't finished. You're, you're still in your fifth year of your AA. You, you got things that you haven't completed. You got dreams and desires inside of each and every one of us. You have journals of things that you want to do in life, but you haven't reached it. It's not because you don't have it inside of you. It's just somewhere along the way our wires got crossed. God never starts something that he does not intend to finish. So that means if he started a work in your life and you feel undone today, it simply tells me this, God's not done with you yet. If you're not done, if you still feel incomplete, if you still feel empty inside, it's because God's not done with you yet. It's not that God has forgot about you. He's just simply not done yet. That time of completion hasn't came to that place yet. You know what happens? They say that most accidents happen maybe two to three, two to, two to three miles away from your home. Because the closer we get to the finish line, 
what happens is we get so relaxed, we just begin to drive on autopilot, that we fall asleep, we stop paying attention, things begin to happen. The closer you get to the finish line, the closer you get to the goal, the closer you get to completing something, a lot of us back up. We begin to get relaxed. You know what? That is the time to put the pedal to the metal. That's the time to push harder than you ever have before. Why? Because it's in those moments that we begin to make small, little mistakes. How many know it's the little things that tear you up? It's the small things that mess you up. It's the small things in life that hold you back. It's, it, we could avoid the big things, but it's the small things that get us all discombobulated. It gets us all off, off guard. We, we begin to let our guard down. The closer we get, oh, you know, I feel comfortable here. I'm feeling comfortable there. And we stop pushing as hard as we did when we first started. It's the time where marriages get into trouble. That's why you see marriages that have been in the, in the game for 30 years, all of a sudden now they're filing for divorce because they've been in it so long, they went on autopilot. One tip that I got a long time ago when we got married, this year will make 20 years for me and my wife. June 30th, 20 years. Someone told me a long time ago, never stop dating your wife. Continue to do what you did to get her in the first place. The moment we begin to get relaxed in our marriages, the moment we begin to get relaxed in our finances, the moment we begin to get relaxed in raising our children is the moment that chaos begins to come in because we let down our guard. So if you're feeling undone today, it's because God's not finished with you yet. You see, if he started to work in your marriage and it still feels incomplete, you still feel like killing each other, it's because God's not done with your marriage yet. If he spoke a promise to you and it feels like he forgot about the promise, it's because God's not finished with you yet. Don't stop short just because it got hard. How many know that everybody plays hard in the fourth quarter with two minutes left on the clock? Everybody plays hard. So that means that sometimes our ending is much harder than our start. And so if our ending is much harder than our start, that's where your practice needs to come into play right there. You always practice for the two-minute drill. The fourth quarter, two minutes. The young boy in the playground playing all by himself always has in his mind Two seconds left on the clock. Why? Because we always practice for the last seconds because that's the hardest time that we should be playing. But some of us have eased up. We've stopped short of a victory. You see, those of you online right now, would you just type in the chat, God is not finished with me yet. Come on, would you say that with me this morning? God is not finished with me yet. Can I encourage you this morning to stay in the fight? Can I encourage you this morning to continue to fight? Can I encourage you this morning to stay in the fight, to continue on? I know it might have got hard, but can I encourage you this morning to continue on? Can I encourage you to not give up? Although it seems like, man, I've been in this marriage for years. It should have gotten easier. Can I tell you this morning to not give up? Because the longer you've been into something, the harder it's going to get at times. Do you know that if you've been married for 30 years and you're still doing the same thing that you did at year five, you know you're already behind? Your seasons in life change, and you have to adjust with those seasons. When you get married and you have no kids, you can do whatever you want to do. Then you introduce kids into the marriage, and now things there's a little more restriction. Those kids grow up a little more. Pretty soon you find yourself empty nesters. If you're still trying to live in an empty nest, if you still have children, you're already behind in your marriage. You have to make 
adjustments. You see, the goal of a race is not just to run in it, but to complete it with victory. It's not enough just to say, hey, I'm married. It's not enough to say that I'm saved. It's not enough just to say, hey, you know what? We are financially stable. The goal in every race is that you would run it with victory. And some of us are just happy to be in the race. We're running the race and we feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. It is part of your purpose, but it's not all of your purpose. And so some of us have been running and feel like, man, I'm getting tired of running here. Listen, your purpose is complete. When you cross the finish line, your purpose is done. When you cross the finish line and you hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. At that time, you can take a breather because you've made it past the finish line. But until then, you are going to have to try hard. We are going to have to push with all that we got. The closer we get to the finish line, you need to finish strong. You need to pass it running through. Run through the finish line. Don't stop short of it. Come on, someone get excited this morning. Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you realize that in a race, everyone runs? Hey, don't get excited because you're running. <laughs> I'm in a race. Well, look next to you. So is that person. And look behind you, because so is that person. And look ahead of you, because so is that person. And the person on the other side, they're in a race too. So all we got in common is that we are all racing. I don't know about you, you know, maybe you don't know this about me. I'm very competitive. I am very, extremely, sometimes overboard, competitive. It could be in a simple game, Brother Dave. Because he, Brother Dave Rodriguez, is just as competitive. So I love to play games with him. Love. I love to get under his skin. <laughs> I, I, what, I mean, we could be driving back to work in separate cars. Maybe I'm the only man who does this. But if you're driving back from a restaurant to get back to the office, in my mind, I want to win. <laughs> It's a race. I'm in the Indy 500. I am in a race at that point. I'm cutting in and cutting. See, why? It's just wired in me. I, if I'm going to be on the basketball court, I'm not a, a big smack talker, but I am competitive. So I will silently beat you and do it with pride in my heart, but with all humility in my heart as well. Why? I'm competitive. It's just how I've always been. I do it against my son. We could be playing a simple game of cards. I want to whoop him. I have to tell him, tell myself, you know what? He's only eight. He's only eight. What, what do you get out of this? Until he starts being competitive back to me, then I say, okay, the gloves are off and this game is on now. I'm going to whoop you at this game of go fish. Why? Because I am competitive. It's how, so if I'm going to be in a race, you better guarantee I am trying my hardest to win. I am giving my all to win. You, you might be faster than me, but it doesn't mean that you could always beat me. Because having the, you know, having, uh, being fast on the track doesn't always win the race. You got to have wisdom as well. So where I lack in physical ability, I try to use my mind and my brain to win. Why? I am wired to win. That's what the Apostle Paul says here. Do you realize that in every race, everyone runs? 
but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. God wired you to win. Everybody is running in the race, but not everybody wants to win. Not everybody wants to cross the finish line. I don't know about you, but I want to win in my marriage. I want to win with my children. I want to win in my finances, in my health. I just want to win at life. It's how God's wired me. And it's how God has wired you, those online. It's how God has wired each and every one of us. But the church is full of people who love to start, but have trouble finishing. We love to start, but we have trouble finishing. We have people who love the concept of money, but hate that you have to put in the work to get it. That's why we love the stimulus package. You could wake up one morning with zero in your account. And depending on how many people you have in your household there, all of a sudden your account looks pretty nice. Everybody loved that. I'm getting free money. I, I, I love that. I, <clears throat> we all love the handouts. We love doing those things. But you know what? When you got to work for the money, not everybody gets the money at that time because not everybody likes to work. We like to get things for free. We love the concept of money. We love the concept of marriage. I'm with my boo. I'm with the one that I love, the one that I chose to spend the rest of my life with, but we don't like to put in the work to not maintain, but to thrive in our marriage. We love the, we are enamored with the concept of things. We love winning. We love this, but you know what? Not everybody likes to compete with the winning heart. The moment we get resistant, some of us just fail. You know, I'm just going to give up. I'm going to walk away. I, I don't think I could do it. I, I, I hate the I don't think things in life. I hate when my kids tell me, Dad, I don't think I could do this, or I tried my best. If that's your best, then you know it, then we fell short somewhere because I know you got more inside of you. And I know for some of you today, you got more inside the tank. You just got to be willing to push it. You got to be willing to, to, to get it out. You got to be willing to give your all. So what ends up happening is people start with good intentions, but they stop short because the journey to get to the finish line Got a little tougher. Can I ask you a question this morning? Those online, can I ask you a question? Who told you marriage was going to be easy? Whoever told you that, go back. You got my permission and slap them. <laughs> and tell them, don't ever give me advice again because you lied to me. Because this game is not easy to play. I love her and she loves me, but sometimes I do not want to see her. I don't want to see him. You said it would be easy. You said we love each other and that's all we needed. No, it's not all you need. There's a lot more that goes into marriage to cultivate love. Who told you that marriage would be easy? Who told you that raising children would be easy? If they told you that, go back to that same person. Don't just slap them, but this time close your hands and punch why? Because it is not easy raising children. It's not. And whoever told you that money grows on trees? <laughs> Drop kick them. <laughs> Isn't it funny that as a young person, when your parents are paying for everything, money grows on trees all the time? But the moment you got to flip the bill, all of a sudden money takes on a different concept. Amen? Amen? Money does not come without any effort. 
You see, even the purpose that God created you for will get tough at times. Your purpose will get tough at times. You see, your purpose doesn't always equal pleasure. And this is where we run into where people stop short. They give up because I got a calling on my life. Awesome. Guess what? So does everybody else. God gave me a word. Guess what? He gave everybody a word. Everybody has a purpose. So you get into your purpose. You show up to the first day at your purpose, and it's fun. Everybody's welcoming you at your purpose. Oh, this is the greatest thing. Lord, thank you so much for answering my prayer. I'm in this thing. And then all of a sudden, a month into this thing, you're praying, God, I don't know if I heard you right. Because my purpose doesn't seem fun anymore. Why? Your purpose doesn't always equal pleasure. Sometimes, actually, it equals pain. Sometimes it costs you something. Sometimes it's blood, sweat, and tears. Just look at Jesus. His purpose cost him his life. But it was worth it. It was worth it for him to go through with it. Sometimes your purpose isn't going to be fun all the time, but it doesn't mean that it stops being your purpose. Stop selling yourself short because times got tough. Stop giving up on marriage because it got hard. I can't stand, I don't understand this lady. Maybe because you need to understand her in a new way now because you're in a different season of life. I don't understand this man. Maybe you need to try a little harder to understand him. These kids, God, they were angels when they were babies. Every baby is an angel. Every baby wants to see you, but now you got kids who go to their room and don't want nothing to do with you when they get home. You have to try a little harder. The closer you are to the finish line, the harder you play. Stop stopping short. Joshua chapter 3 verse 10 says this. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. You see, God made his presence known to the children of Israel by driving out all the inhabitants of the land. That's how he said, this is how you will know that I am with you. I will drive these people out. But how many of you know that God wasn't going to drive them out just by sending a wind, just by sending this? He was going to use them to drive them out. They were going to have to go to battle. But knowing this, that if you're going into battle and you know that victory is guaranteed to you, how many know that I would show up to battle? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. You might get a finger cut off, but you know what? You'll still get your promised land. You might have lost some things in life. Your marriage might have gone through some rocky time. You might have hit bankruptcy your time or two. But sometimes in order to get to the place where you're flourishing, you go through some valleys in life to get to the mountaintop. Everyone got to travel through the valley. So God says, this is how you know my presence will be with you. I'm going to drive out all the ites in life. I'm going to get rid of them in life. God made his presence known. So if victory is proof that God is with me, what happens when I lose? What happens when I hit a defeat in life? What happens when purpose gets tough? What happens when the marriage isn't flourishing like I thought it would? What happens when the finances begin to decrease instead of increase? You're giving, you're being faithful, but you start to see a little downward spin in life. You see, if you read this verse and never embed yourself into it, it almost seems as if victory would come about without any effort or work on your part. God's going to drive out our inhabitants of the land. The promised land is mine. For those of you that are looking for a house right now, someone's living in your house. But God, you got to give it to me. Someone's living in your house. 
Someone's putting a bid on the land that she wants. You could either say, well, I guess it's not for me, but God, you promised it to me. Well, uh, but it's not mine. There's resistance. Stop stopping when you hit resistance. Sometimes that the greatest builder of faith in your life is when you hit resistance and say, I can't move this, I can't move it. And God says, keep pushing. I'm pushing, God, but I can't move it. I'm pushing, I'm praying, I'm fasting. I'm, I went to counselor after counselor. My marriage isn't getting strong. Keep pushing. Someday, you're going to get to a place where what once built resistance now moves easy because you've built up so much stamina as a result of it. Stop stopping short. You see, this is where the confusion comes in about our promise, the promises of God. Although they are yes and amen, they are never yes and automatic. Although the promises of God are yes and amen, they are never yes and automatic. Meaning they are not just going to happen without any effort from your part or my part. You see, your promise is waiting, but it requires your fight. Hear me, your promise is waiting, your promise is yes, but it requires your fight. Joshua chapter 15, verse 16, 63. This is where I'm going to wrap it up. Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem to this day. The Jebusites lived there with the people of Judah. Didn't we just read that God told them that my presence will be with you, and as a result, this is how you will know I am going to drive out all the ites, and the Jebusites' name was listed in there. Why is it that Judah now is living among the Jebusites? Why is it that they couldn't drive them out? It's not that they couldn't drive them out. It's just that they got tired of trying. It's not that you can't have a great marriage. Some of us just get tired of trying. It's not that you can't be financially free. Some of us just get tired of trying. We get tired of pushing. We begin to say, is it even worth it anymore? In our marriage, in our finances, in our health, in our careers, in our relationship with God, it's even worth it anymore. Man, I've been at this for a long time, and I'm not seeing any kind of change. So what ends up happening is that instead of driving out the Jebusites, Judah decide within their hearts, maybe we could just live together among them. And too many of us are living with dysfunction because dysfunction didn't leave when you cast it out. Too many of us are living in financial difficulties because you gave once or twice and it didn't change. So you know what? I'm just going to live with this. This is just how life is going to be right now. You're living with disrespectful children because you tried what they said to do online. I've read a few online books and went, even watched Dr. Phil a few times. And I tried what they did. But you know what? I can't. Uh, this can't change. So, you know, I'm going to continue to allow them to be disrespectful to me. I'm going to continue to allow them to just wreak havoc in my house, to cause a bunch of strife in my house. I'm going to continue to allow them to do that. Instead of pushing through and continuing to meet force with force and say, you know what, you might be against me right now, but you know what, I'm a winner. I'm a competitor. I'm going to beat you out. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to outlast you. Judah says it's probably better, guys, if we just live with the Jebusites. Now, why was it important to drive out the Jebusites? It's 
The Jebusites were people of war. They practiced child sacrifice. And because Judah stopped short of driving the Jebusites out, they eventually intermarried with them and brought judgment upon their people for doing the thing that God told them not to do. You know, yesterday my son was playing with an umbrella. He was uh, jumping in the trampoline like Mary Poppins and trying to float with this umbrella. And I told him, I said, put that thing away because you're going to break it. And although it's sunny right now, pretty soon in the next few seasons, it's going to start raining. And I'm going to need that umbrella. He's like, okay, Dad, okay, Dad. And I see him again with the umbrella open. I told him, put the umbrella away. Okay, Dad, okay, Dad, put the umbrella away. Well, last night he runs in with the umbrella, opens it up, and it's broke. And I said, Nico, what happened? I broke the umbrella. No, no, no. What happened? I just play with things too hard. No. What happened? Why the umbrella break? I don't know, Dad. I give you all my answers. I'll tell you why the umbrella broke, Nico. It's because you didn't listen. If you would have just listened, the umbrella would have been fine and dandy. When it started raining, we could have grabbed it, went outside, and not get wet. But now I have to throw the umbrella away. Dad, just fix it. You can't fix umbrellas. The pieces are so small, now I have to throw the umbrella away and go and buy a new one when I had a perfectly good umbrella, but now I have to throw it away. Well, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, if you would have just listened, if you would just listen to the instruction that God gives to each and every one of us, if you would just hear and listen to it, it might not make sense right now. We don't need an umbrella right now. It's okay, pretty soon we will need an umbrella. Drive out the Jebusites. Well, we tried, God. Get your marriage strong. Well, we tried. Strengthen your family. Yeah, we gave it a good try. Get your finances in order. Yeah, we, we gave it a good try. We gave our best. No, you didn't. Why? Victory was guaranteed to them. If you would drive them out, this is how you know I'll be with you. I'm going to drive them out, but I'm going to use you to do it. Somewhere along the way, they stopped short. And if I could be honest with you, somewhere along the way, some of us have stopped short. We've given up in life. We said, you know what? It, I've gotten far enough. This thing has gotten tough. It's gotten hard. It's gotten difficult. And we sell ourselves short of the victory. We're in the race. We're running the race. We're getting close to the finish line. You see, sometimes what we didn't anticipate is that the person competing next to you wants the victory just as bad. The guy running next to you has every intention to beat you. The enemy that comes up against you has every intention to defeat you. 
He doesn't like that you got a good marriage. He doesn't like that you're working on your marriage. He doesn't like that you're trying to strengthen your family or get your finances in order. He doesn't like that you're trying to get your health in order. So what's he do? He begins to put resistance and resistance and resistance and resistance and resistance. And some of you are getting so frazzled because, God, I love you. I'm trying so hard. But, Lord, the harder I try, it seems like things just come back at me. I take one step forward. I take two steps back. Listen, keep going forward. Keep trying. Don't stop short You're giving up folding things up and saying if I can't drive them out I might as well just live among them and not knowing that generations down the line you cause judgment to come because you failed to do your job in winning the race that God's called you to win bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning Those online right now, I just want you to search your heart. Instead of driving the Jebusites out and begin to sleep with the enemy, begin to intermarry, do the thing that God called them not to do. He's wired you for victory this morning, He's called you to win. He never said it would be easy, but he did guarantee victory. You're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have and you're just not living right today. Those online, maybe you've never asked Christ into your life. Maybe you just kind of found this channel by accident. I don't believe in accidents or coincidence. God had a set appointment for your life today. Or maybe you find yourself where you once lived for Christ, but now you're so far off course. He wants to bring you back on. If that's you this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. <clears throat> or maybe you have and you're just not living right. You would say, Pastor Nick, I need God in my life. If that's you, I just want you to raise up your hands right now. Amen. Those online just put a... Uh, raise hand emoji there and someone will get in contact with you. Amen. Or maybe you're here and you've stopped short. You've hit resistance. And you begin to question if the fight's even worth it any longer. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise up your hands. I want to pray with you this morning. Amen. 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 For those that raise their hand to accept Christ, whether in person or there online, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer with me. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later, then salvation's yours. So I'm going to ask you, everyone, at the sound of my voice, repeat this prayer with me, those online alike. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again three days later. I confess you now as Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again three days later for me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, for those online, if you said that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you text the word ALIVE? 
to 408-340-7703. It is important that we connect with you. It's important. We want to be here to walk through this, this, this new journey with you. Or maybe a journey you were on before. It's important that we do that. Would you do that? As we get ready to dismiss this morning, I want to invite you today to get back in the fight. Not sell yourself short. Not give up because you hit resistance. But continue to finish strong. Stop stopping short. Amen? Amen. Hey, God bless you, those watching online this morning. Thank you for being with us. You know, as always, as Pastor Dan says, hey, let's love God, love people, and let's change the world. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.